Hey, y'all. Sam Sanders here. Want to tell you about the only NPR show where you can hear about the latest White House drama and the return of TRL to MTV. The show is called It's Been a Minute. Every Friday, we catch up on the week of news and culture, everything. And every Tuesday, I sit down for some long interviews with authors, filmmakers, directors, and more. You can find It's Been a Minute on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, uh, Paula, I've got a new study here. You have a study? Yeah, I've got a study here you might be interested in. Um, this one's from the University of Sussex. It turns out, Paula, that tennis grunts, the way people grunt in tennis, predicts winners and losers. Oh! Yes. <laughs> you win. Wow, yeah. really? Yeah, apparently high-pitched high grunts mean you're more likely to lose, and lower grunts mean you're more likely to win. Oh! <laughs> We're not actually playing right now. You're uh, just running. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, how did they establish that? Like, if I just choose to grunt lower, will that make me win? I don't think so. My impression from this study is that when you're feeling comfortable, when you're feeling loose, you're, you're more relaxed, you're going to have those lower grunts. You know, you're going to be projecting from deep. Is there a thing with gas and yoga that works the same way? <laughs> From NPR, it's live from the Poundstone Institute, where promising young academics come to reduce their chances of tenure. On today's show, a former NASA engineer turns his attention to making something truly useful, a better super soaker water gun. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for that annoying neighbor kid. Plus, we ask people whether they're better suited to live in another historical era. Just how many of you regret missing that bubonic plague? And comedian and actor Kevin Nealon takes our personality test and finds out what trail snack he'd be. I'm Chief of Research Adam Felber, and now, here's your host, the director of the Poundstone Institute, Paula Poundstone. Thank you very much. Thank you, welcome everybody to the Poundstone Institute where laughter gets straight A's. We're talking about Bobby Laughter, whose dad, Robert Laughter Sr., donated our gym. So where does our never-ending search for knowledge take us first today, Adam? Well, our first area of inquiry is toys. I know you like your ping pong, Paula, and your foosball, right? I do. So you appreciate a good toy. I do. And have you ever looked at a toy and thought, like, this could be improved by a very talented engineer? Oh, many times. Like a Frisbee, for example, uh, which I cannot throw to save my life. But if it had wheels... Yeah. Well, Mark Rober used to be an engineer at NASA, but lately he's turned his considerable skills into something that will actually benefit the human race. Really, really cool toys. Mark Rober, welcome to the Poundstone Institute. All right. Good to be here. So, Mark, I, I want to intrigue Paula right away, and so we'll get right to it. Your latest creation is a gigantic super soaker gun, right? That's right. It's seven feet long. It's the Guinness World Record holding uh, super soaker, in fact, as it turns out. What can it do that a normal-sized super soaker cannot do? Uh, well, so for starters, like, it can slice through a watermelon. The normal super soaker is pressurized to maybe about, like, 40 PSI. Sure. And then a fire truck hose is pressurized to, like, 300. And mine was pressurized to, like, 
2,100. So seven times oh. like a fire truck hose. So how many water gun fights did you lose as a kid to want to make this? <laughs> That's right. Well, that's kind of the thing, right? I remember when the Super Soaker was invented, and it was just such a game changer in my neighborhood. And now that I'm like a dad and I know how to engineer, I was like, yeah, I just need to make a giant one of these and make it really cool. You're a dad? Yeah, yeah, I am. And this, you, and so, so is this designed for, like, what, just to have fun with? Yeah, uh, yeah and I mean, part of my thing on YouTube is I like because I, I am a mechanical engineer and I like to build stuff. Each month I try and come up with something wild, right? And so this, this seemed like a really cool thing to build. And I actually did take it to the park like with some family friends and it was basically me versus like 40 people, but I made sure they all had like normal super soakers and uh, wow. it was still pretty one-sided, I'm happy to report. Now, you said it can cut through a watermelon? Yeah, how many fi family members did you bisect? <laughs> Yeah, it can cut through a watermelon. So the key, though, is if you have a nozzle on it that's really, it's almost like a pressure washer. So it's a really fine spray, and so there's a really high pressure, so it could slice through, but that doesn't have a huge volume flow rate. But if you change the nozzle out to something larger, then that won't have as much high pressure to, like, cut through someone, but it'll really get them drenched really quickly. So when I was having to water fight with people, I had a wider open nozzle, so it was more like a huge fire hose. Was there ever a point at which somebody got you when you weren't expecting it and you really considered putting on the other nozzle? <laughs> it, it crossed my mind. That is one disadvantage is you don't have quite the maneuverability, you know, and this thing's seven feet long and weighs, you know, uh, 50 pounds. You first came onto our, onto our radar for a giant Nerf gun. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so there again, uh, you know, Nerf guns were a formidable part of my childhood, so... The thought was to make a massive, and this one was six feet long. And this one's cool because the darts I shoot are uh, pool noodles with toilet plungers on the end. And it shoots them like half a football field at 40 miles an hour. I, I just don't see how this is fun in a neighborhood. <laughs> are you kidding me? If you could like walk down the street, like you're the king. I'm like a hero to all of, like the seven-year-olds in my neighborhood. Paul is going to love this one. You made a pretty crazy wild dartboard. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I made a dartboard where you get a bullseye every time. And basically, you throw the dart, and we track the dart through the air. And then we have these cameras and then six stepper motors, and it moves the dartboard in like 400 milliseconds. <laughs> so where's the dart going to land? <laughs> So, like, I suck at darts, but I'm good at engineering. So technically, I'm really good at darts. Oh, my gosh, that's great. Wow, that, that does sound really cool. Um, I understand you're working on a really cool horn as well. Yeah, you know, 99% of the time I want to use my horn. I'm not angry at someone. I just want to be like, yo, the light's green, no big deal, but time to go. But no matter what, when you honk your horn, it sounds angry, right? Yeah, no, it's not, it's, it's not a good language. Yeah, so basically I designed my horn, so I have a courtesy honk. It's just two really quick chirps of the horn. And then another button is like the C-3PO sound. So the, the chirps of the horn are really nice as a light for another car. Mm -hmm. But I found if there's pedestrians or if I see a buddy, I hit the, like, the C-3PO beeping sound. I, I believe you mean R2-D2? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Thank you, R2-D2. Yeah. Uh, right? Oh, it's my God. There's a, there's a nerd dispute if I ever heard one. Because <laughs> <laughs> if a C-3PO would be, you know, you'd hit the button and be like, oh, my dear, there's a squirrel in the road. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm never sure. You know, like I, I, anytime anybody honks, I assume it's about something I'm doing wrong. I finally put a uh, student driver uh, sign <laughs> on the back of my car. I, I like how this audience believes that you're kidding about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, I want to thank you so, so much. To me, you're on par with Thomas Edison, because while the light bulb has occasionally been useful to me, it could never, ever provide as many laughs as a super soaker in the faculty lounge. Thanks so much for your great work, Mark. All right, thanks. Mark Rober is a former NASA engineer turned inventor. Mark, thank you for joining us here on the Poundstone Institute. All right. Hey, Paula, the Poundstone Institute math team already blew their annual budget on a box of pencils, and now they've come back begging for erasers. Let's thank a few sponsors so we can help them out. We'd like to thank ZipRecruiter. If you're looking for mediocre talent to fill positions in your business, and you're happy to fill in until the right slacker comes along, don't pay any attention to what I'm about to tell you. But... If you're looking for top talent, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Their powerful technology matches your job to the right candidates, and then their easy-to-use dashboard helps you find the right hire. That's why 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com Poundstone. We'd also like to thank Lyft, Reminding listeners that they could be relaxing in a lift ride right now with their eyes closed, listening to Beethoven or whale sounds or a babbling brook or something else relaxing. Lyft provides rides as relaxing as the buttery smooth voice of a public radio announcer because riding is just a more relaxing way to drive. Lyft. It matters how you get there. Download and ride today. Institute, we don't just talk about other people's studies, we also conduct our own, which is why you see me dipping Adam's hand in warm water every time he nods off. <laughs> and in today's Poundstone Institute survey, we're asking people if there's a period in history they'd feel better suited for. What era would you have been better suited for, for instance, Paula Poundstone? I think I should have been alive during covered wagons, uh, because I have kind of a big butt, and... <laughs> So the fact that there's no shocks and the wheels are wooden wouldn't really have troubled me. Plus, I don't mind doing dishes, and I love the idea of throwing the kids out of the covered wagon. <laughs> and just saying, you know what? Walk. Right, because it wouldn't kill them. Right. Well, our survey elves are busy tabulating the data, and we'll find out soon what percentage of this audience would have preferred to live during the American Civil War. Not the current one, the previous one. And still to come, <laughs> we put our personality profile computer to work and figure out what camping food Kevin Nealon would be. Hey, if you're in L.A. and you've already flunked your audition for Dusting with the Stars, why not come to a taping of our show? For tickets and more information, just head to poundstoneinstitute.org or you can find us on Facebook. It's time to add some data to the long-running PPP, the Poundstone Personality Survey. Our test subject today is actor, comedian, and Saturday Night Live alum Kevin Nealon. You may know him from Weeds and a bunch of funny movies, and his show Man With A Plan on CBS is back this fall for season two. Kevin Nealon, welcome to the Poundstone Institute. 
How are you? I feel good. Now, you recently started this very funny show called Hiking with Kevin. Tell us about it. Well, thank you, Paula. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's a show that uh, just kind of came by accident. I called up a friend of mine. He's a celebrity, Matthew Modine. <laughs> I love from Matthew Full Metal Modine. Jacket. Yeah, he's a great guy. And I said, hey, Matthew, want to go hiking in the canyon? Because I hike a lot alone, and I was kind of getting tired of uh, hearing my same stories over and over again to myself. Yeah. And I said, uh, let me get some, somebody else and hear some other stories. And uh, so I called him up, and I had my cell phone, and I thought, I thought of a funny idea of, like for the hike. I thought, what if this were an interview show? And I would interview him. We'd start the interview, but as we started hiking, we both got so out of breath, we couldn't understand each other. You know, <laughs> the, the questions and the answers. So, when did you get started? Well, okay, well, I got here. Well, you know, and uh, so it was more of a one-shot deal, like as a, you know, as a comedy bit. And then I thought, you know, I should, um, and I got more stuff out of him, like on that hike, like what shows did you turn down? And he would say, oh, well, I turned down Back to the Future. You know that movie? He turned down Wall Street uh, and, um, and uh, Top Gun. You know, all those three. Cause wow. He, he had a, that guy he, can pick a stock. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so anyway, I did it with him. And, um, and then um, I decided I'd, do it, I'd just keep doing it with other uh, friends and celebrities. And uh, so now I've done a total of nine of them. Do you ever plant like a second slightly less important guest like two thirds of the way down the trail to meet up with during your hike? <laughs> Uh, no, and maybe but, a musician towards the end? No, but what I thought about doing was having another um, person doing a hiking with Bob show, coming the other way, <laughs> you know, with another guest, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and doing it that way. Uh, uh, have there ever been any injuries on hiking with Kevin? Yes, three people died uh, <laughs> in the show. Fantastic performers that and, are just of, no longer. Yeah, and out of, um, you know, out of, um, what do you call it, to their family, out of... Um, Deference, respect, uh, respect Deference, yeah. Yeah, we, we aired them all. <laughs> yeah, you could have another show uh, going to the emergency room with Kevin. That could, <laughs> that could be a, a Going a under with one. Kevin. Yeah, you could right. Uh, you know, a uh, snap, yeah. snappy name for that. Yeah, frantically sucking out poison with Kevin. Kevin, as great as it is to chat about the hiking, we have some serious science to get to here. And it's time to put you through the paces and figure out exactly what kind of camping food you'd be. So we're going to ask you three questions, and then we'll feed your answers into our personality database, and we'll get the answer. Fantastic. All right, ready to go? Yeah. All right, question number one. Something terrible has happened, and all of our U.S. Olympic athletes are unable to compete. If asked, would you be willing to represent the U.S. in the Olympics, and in what sport? Yes, I would, Paula. I would be there in a, in a lickety-split minute. Uh, it would be deluge. The luge? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. What is the luge? The is luge it? is like a sled a ride. Yeah. Where you lie on your back. Yeah. And your feet are pointed straight down. Yeah. And your arms are by your side. Yeah. Much like how you lay in bed at night. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I imagine a lot of these people fall asleep on the sled <laughs> as they're racing. Um, but it would be the luge. Uh, the only bad part about the luge is that even if you win, you're a loser. <laughs> I think that was worth it. <laughs> I'll take any response from this audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I want to hike with you, Kevin. <laughs> do you do anything with the Make-A-Wish Foundation? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I did. Uh, <laughs> uh, Question number two. <laughs> You have committed a crime. You've been convicted. That is true. Yeah, and you've 
<laughs> and it wasn't the loose joke, no. which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> you have committed a crime and you've been convicted and you have to serve your sentence in one of these three places, which you never get to leave. Which do you choose? Best Buy, Spencer Gifts, or Forever 21? <laughs> I'd probably go Spencer's Gifts because I've never been there, I've never heard of them. Oh, you've and, never heard of them? And it'd them? be like going to a new country for me. No, it's sort of like an Oz, there's gonna be a lot of sort of wind up teeth, uh, fart pillows, that oh, sort I'm of thing. Oh, I'm definitely taking that. Yeah. yeah. Like, like a little room full of lava lamps all the way yeah. in the back. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And I, I can't go out of the building? You, no, you have to stay there. Yeah, yeah, well it's, yeah, in the, uh, you know, you've been sentenced. what am I there for, shoplifting? Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, if you do shoplift, you're not going to go anywhere with the things that you, so, uh, yeah. Um, it's not really the punishment fitting the crime there. How am I doing so far in this test? Oh, fantastic. We're learning a lot. Yeah. Okay. If, okay, question number three. If you had the choice to be incredibly strong but look incredibly weak or look totally buff but be as weak as a kitten, which one would you choose? Um, I would rather be uh, incredibly strong looking. You'd rather just give the illusion of looking strong, but in fact... Which is much like what I am right now. <laughs> no, you, you, you look the best I've ever seen you, and you've always looked good, don't get me wrong, but uh, you look very fit. I can tell that uh, you've been hiking with Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I do hike with myself often. Yeah. Okay, we're going to enter your responses into our vast database and find out what camping food Kevin Nealon is. Is that a lamb? It used to be. And here you go, Paula. Okay, this is an interesting result. According to our database, Kevin, you are cheeseburger in a can, <laughs> which is a real product. It yeah. comes in a kind of a cat food tin. And like cheeseburger in a can, you are delightfully goofy. And the number one thing people would be happy to find in their bunker after the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Comedian and actor Kevin Nealon stars in Man With A Plan and his own celebrity interview show called Hiking With Kevin, which can be found on YouTube on, on, or his Twitter at Kevin Nealon and Instagram Kevin Nealon. At Kevin underscore Nealon. At Kevin underscore Nealon. Kevin, thank you for joining us here at the You're Poundstone welcome. Institute. Thank you. Kevin Nealon, everybody. Okay, Paula, this huge survey team we employ is killing us on the free diet soda. So before we get to today's results, let's make one of our sponsors happy. We'd like to thank Discover Card, who alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. Discover believes there are some things that you just need to know. They won't tell you if you're driving away from the gas pump with the nozzle still in your car, and you need to know that. Still, knowing where your social security number is being used could be helpful. It's just another way. Discover looks out for you, not just your account. And best of all, social security alerts are free for Discover card members. All you have to do is sign up online. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. All right, we have the results of today's Poundstone Institute survey. We asked people if they feel they are better suited for a different historical era. And Paula, 46.4% say they are. Uh, let's see. So the question here is, uh, is there a period of history that you feel you would have been better suited for? Uh, which one and why? The 70s. I don't consider that a different era, by the way. 
Uh, and the person said it, they seemed more fun. I don't know. Were they? Uh, well, there was Partridge Family. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. The what? The music was. But be- the music was. Yeah, I agree. The music was better. Yeah, but we still have that music. Well, that's a good point. We've we, we've learned how to record such things. Yeah. And I, uh, well, I was uh, somebody had I was in a car with a satellite radio thing one time, and I said, "Oh, put it on," because I didn't have that. I said, "Put it on the '70s channel." Well, the '70s had some good music, and the guy turns it on. The first song was like Muskrat Love, and I'm like, "Okay." Fair point. Uh, well, yeah, they had some bad, you know, and then and then it was uh, the Pina Colada song, which, oh. you know, sure they got back together, but I don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> Uh, is there a period of history that you feel you would have been better suited for the 1930s because of zoot suits? Uh, this, this person says. Now, l- let me just point out that, as Adam said about the 70s music, you know, you can make a zoot suit now, and I know right. someone who does. And you wouldn't have to accept a sidecar of Great Depression. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awful if you went back to the 30s because you were excited about the zoot suits, and then you realized... That people were just wearing suits. They were just really thin. Yeah. And we... <laughs> No, we're out of work and we... <laughs> what, too we soon, everybody? <laughs> Here's a good way. Is there a period of history that you feel you would have been better suited for? 1940, I like hats. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'll take Hitler and hats yeah. for $50, Alex. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are taking into consideration the whole era. <laughs> I like hats. And, and by the way, hats are available now. <laughs> um, is there a period of history that you feel you would have been better suited for? Uh, the Neolithic era. I like agriculture. <laughs> but then I wouldn't need a bra to appear professional. <laughs> Hey, have you ever wanted to be a reviewer but not be widely hated by everybody? Well, Apple Podcasts is the place for you. Just go to Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and kick off your reviewing career by saying something reviewer-esque about this show. You know, like, hilariously funny and culturally significant. However, the greens were wilted and the garlic cream sauce overwhelmed the jokes. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, Adam. But I need to get out of here and go upgrade my super soaker. The distinguished chair of the Poundstone Institute is Doug Berman. Our undistinguished chair is Ian Chillog. Our folding chair is Mike Danforth. Our chair apparent is Ken Lezebnik. Our chair Jordan is David Green. Our sunny and chair is Franny Kelly. Our chair Aristotle is Connie Bridgeford. Our King Louis XVI chairs are Steve Nelson and Anya Grundman. Special thanks to Adam Burke, Chris Regan, John Cohn and his pals at Southern California Public Radio, Erica Reddick, Bonnie Burns, and the folks at the Stevens College MFA in TV and screenwriting. Our technical directors are Patrick Murray and Stephen Cologne, with engineering from Tony Federico and Andy Tice. Our theme music is by the Californicorns. Live from the Poundstone Institute is produced by Urgent Haircut Productions in association with KPCC and is somewhat sheepishly distributed by NPR. You can visit us at poundstoneinstitute.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks to our head of research, Adam Felber, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, live from the Poundstone Institute.
Are you serious? This is NPR?